Hey everyone and welcome to Living in Fullness with Women and Wellness. I am your host, Lois Machini. On today's episode, I'm joined in conversation with a phenomenal woman, Joey Tlamini. Joey is a qualified social worker and the founder of Be Accentuated, a nonprofit that seeks to raise capable girls and boys by shattering stereotypes and misconceptions that divided them. Be Accentuated provides a space where all genders can thrive. She is also a parenting expert with a heart and message that we should normalize the imperfect journey of parenting. She has learned the value of parenting with compassion and connection through her own childhood experiences and now as a mother of three. Parents love her candid and practical advice that they use to not only challenge themselves, but also connect with their children. Joey's dedication, hard work, and determination to raise well-rounded, confident children inspired her to write her very first book, The Teen Top 25, Foundational Life Lessons for a Thriving Journey to Adulthood. In this book, she talks to teens about the different challenges that they may face on their journey and give them tools on how to navigate them. The book aims to start real and honest conversations between parents and children as they get to learn from each other and walk this journey together. It also reminds them of their abilities and how to harness them. Joy believes it is important to heal from any past hurts and not forget yourself while also taking care of your children. Join us in conversation today as we discuss wellness and relationships, children advocacy, and so much more as we journey together in living in fullness. Let's dive in. Hi, Joey, and welcome to Living in Fullness, the podcast with the woman and wellness. I'm so excited to have you on today's episode and being a part of this show for this season. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. Like, I'm so, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Truly, it's an honor for me to be here. Like I've been looking at all the women you've been interviewing, even in the previous season. And I was like, I wish one day. So my wish came true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. No, I'm really glad. And like you said, I'm also excited for the conversation. Um, But before we dive into into today's uh, conversation, let's start off with Becoming Joey. Um, This is a segment we like to call Becoming, just to have the guests introduce themselves from, you know, the beginning, right through to the middle and right through till the end. So what is, who is Becoming Joey? So Joey is a girl from Limpopo, Bilabela, a very small town, yeah. So um, the first born, we are three girls. Um, I think yesterday I was just thinking about today and I realized that the life that I'm living are the things that I was doing when I was a child. I used to be those kids who always wanted to organize something. I wanted to be a social worker when I was very young. I don't know why I wanted, but for me, I felt like I was going to help people. I used to organize groups of kids and we would do things. We even had an organization. We used to call it Youth Against Child Abuse and AIDS. There was a time I was an editor of a school newsletter. I used to be on the debate team. So when I really think about it, I have always been this person who is an encourager. I call myself an encourager. Mm -hmm. I'm those people who's going going to force you 
to identify your potential mm -hmm. and to work on it. I'm that friend who's always saying, did you see the latest thing? You know, this can actually work for you. So even as a child, I remember some of my family members, they didn't understand. They used to say, mm -hmm. that means like I was acting as if I'm an old woman because I was just so focused. I was so serious. I had goals. I had dreams. I was not doing other things that they thought I was supposed to. And I always had faith, even when it didn't make sense. I had faith that I was going to have a good life, a mm -hmm. life that was meaningful. Yeah, so that is jewelry. So now I get to do those things as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, a sister, a community leader, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that. I love your becoming story. And thank you for sharing about that you had faith that, you know, you were going to have this life. Um, I love how you identified even your purpose while you were still young and how it's all playing out now. I mean, that's truly remarkable. And I, I commend you for that. So, so well done for that. Um, so for today's conversation, um, it's it's really something that I'm really interested in, in having conversations with, you know, women, um, but more so women who are wearing many hats, um, and you're one of them, you wear many hats. Um, let's first start off with finding your transitioning and your purpose, right, with your, your wife, you're a mother to three beautiful children. Um, let's, let's, let's find out what is your purpose with firstly being a wife and then also being a mother to your children and still finding your purpose as an individual. Okay. I think last year I had an aha moment where I realized that my purpose is to glorify God mm. in whatever I'm doing. So whether in my role as a wife, in my role as a mom, all the actions that I'm doing, they need to glorify God. So whether I'm eating, whether I'm sleeping, whether I'm cooking, whether I'm loving them, I need to glorify God. So when I became a wife, honestly, God being God, I did not plan to get married. Oh, so yeah, growing up, you remember I said I had goals. Yes. So my goals was that I was going to get a career make lots of money, take care of my family, get out of poverty, make sure that my family are living a good life that I believe they deserved. So marriage was never in my place. Even my best friend from high school, she used to say, show me when you will have the money and all this thing, now I'm going to get married and, you know. <laughs> so I always say that my marriage is God being God. He gave me what I needed when I was not even aware that I needed it, you know? Mm -hmm. So my role as a, as a wife, I, <laughs> people like saying that there is this thing that get married and it's going to show you flames. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, but I don't believe that. I think having kids will show you flames. <laughs> <laughs> because imagine you have to speak to this person who's like, First, they don't know how to talk and you need to understand what they are saying from their cries, from their body language. Mm -hmm. Then when they start talking, it's another ball game. So I think for me, the challenging role is being a mother, especially an intentional mother, a mother who wants to parent differently. So marriage for me, 
Yeah, it wasn't, yes, there are challenges, but for me, I feel like because we are both adults, we can talk about things, we can, if we disagree, we can talk about it, you know what's happening. I like with kids, you know, sometimes they will say something and they challenge everything and you have mm -hmm. to go back and, and think, Joey, who are you? Mm -hmm. And then you have to think, why are you doing certain things? Because they will be like, but I don't like that. I, just this week, my son was telling me the team that education is not the only way to be successful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not the only way, Mama. There are other things. Those are some of the things that I had to unlearn. I'm still unlearning because we were taught that you need to go to school, get a varsity degree, then get a job, work for someone until you retire, then start living that life. So... Yeah, so I'm those wives. Uh, I submit in my own way. I believe that submission is beautiful. My husband is the head of our family. I don't have an issue with it. And I always say that it's so easy to submit when you know that the person loves you. Mm. And I know that he loves us. I know that he wants the best for us. And when I look at him, especially with our kids, I'm always reminded of God's love for me. So marriage for me and parenting, it has given me an opportunity to have a deeper relationship with God. Because I'm like, if my husband can love me like this, when he's a human being, how much more God loves me? And he, if he goes so all out for his kids, then it means God is doing more than that for me. So it has really helped me with my relationship with God. So my purpose is to serve. I'm a helper. I'm a proud helper, guys. <laughs> I help I help my husband to make sure that we achieve the dreams that we have for our family. I love that. I absolutely love it. Firstly, let's just like have that conversation where you mentioned about you unlearning with your children right um I don't think a lot of parents actually see that sometimes as well that you know what I have to unlearn to understand my child as well so I love that that you pointed that out another thing about submission you, you laced it out so beautifully when you said that you know it's so easy to submit when you see that love there from your partner I think it's truly important um you know especially as wives to understand that you know what Sub submission is not just only um it's not a forced thing it's really not a yeah. forced thing submission needs to come easily um it, and a lot of people think like oh I could never submit I could not do that but the thing is that you find yourself easily doing it because of the keyword then that you mentioned is that love that love that loving part and I love how you say that you know what you're a proud helper in your your family in your household I love that all right, let's talk about you are a child advocate. I absolutely love what you stand for. Um, right through from your becoming, from your transitioning in, you know, your marriage and being a mother, you've mentioned this quite a, a lot about being a helper. You love motivating. So something that you do is also motivating and being a helper for being a child advocate as well. Um, can you share with us your passion for being Firstly, the child advocate and how you found it be accentuated. Okay. Uh, the reason why I call myself a child advocate is because 
I feel like most of the time as adults, we don't know how to deal with kids. And especially the way we were raised, we, we were not raised in environments that focused on children, especially their emotional needs. So most of the time it was about uh, you have eaten, you've got clothes, you've got shelter. So it means you are covered. But as we are growing, we are realizing that there is more to kids than that. You can't just be dictating. You need to take time to get to know them and understand them. I believe that we need to give our kids an opportunity to discover themselves in safe environments. And the operating way is safe environments. We need to create those safe spaces where our kids know that I can come and talk to my mom. I can talk to my mom about uncomfortable things. And my mom is not going to scream at me, but she's going to give me the benefit of the doubt. She's going to believe that my child is a good person. Just a simple example. When my son comes and say, mommy, why did you buy Asa more clothes? I should not take it as an attack and I should not take it as a sign that they do not love each other, but I should take it as him asking, a question that he has. And this is an opportunity for me to answer and explain to him the reason why I did it. And I know for parents, some of us, we feel like I'm not going to explain to kids. They are kids, I'm adults. But hence, we are going to have some of the challenges later on where you are going to say, my child does not listen to me. How are they going to listen when you don't listen to them? It starts with you showing them that this is respect, this is listening to someone else. And I know it's not easy, but it's possible. Be Accentuated started when I had an idea to have women where we can meet and talk and network with each other in a safe environment. So I wanted it to be accessible for everyone because sometimes I feel these women empowerment things, they end up being like we are discriminating against other people. So for me, there was no price. You can come for free and then it will be bring and share. Everyone will bring something and we can eat together. So I started that with Tavia and then we used to donate uh, sanitary towels in the schools around Deep Blue. When we're, as much as I appreciated the sanitary towels, but I realized that what happens to the kids after we leave, you know? So that's when I had an idea that I wanted sort of a mentorship program where the kids can come and we can talk to them about different subjects. We continue to have that relationship where we, we look up to, after them. They, can, they know that they have people who are, who are there to support them instead of just going once off, giving them whatever they needed and then leaving. That's mm -hmm. how we started. Then I was very intentional that I did not only want to work with girls, I wanted to work with both girls and boys because I have observed that most of our interventions, they focus on the girl child. And it's understandable with how things have been, but I don't believe that it's a sustainable solution because if we keep on investing in girls, leaving the boy child behind, we are going to get to a place where girls will be so will have reached their potential. They will be so assertive, but girls, boys will not know how to communicate. They will not know how to resolve conflict, just simple things. And then we will continue to have this inequality between them. So 
it's important for us to invest in both of them and to also teach them how to live together because they are not going anywhere. They are going to be here. So we need to encourage them and empower them on how to live together as boys and girls and to grow and be successful together. I love that. And I absolutely love the initiative as well. And I think you're truly grooming the boy child as well, most especially on how to treat women, um, which is a very, a very, um, I don't want to say an issue, but it is, it, it's, it's a very concerning is. issue in the country um, where, you know, about, about the violence against women. So I really appreciate that, you know, you're using Be Accentuated to groom the boy child as well and how to not only just respect themselves, but to respect women as well and, and teaching them through this and helping them through this. Um, something that I think I'd be doing injustice if I don't actually have this conversation with you about is that you're also an author and it ties into what you do as being a child advocate for both the boy child and the girl child. Um, you wrote a book for, for teenagers. Um, and I think a lot of children will understand how that is one of the most crucial also phase as much as the fundamental phase is important. I think this is also a very hectic time yeah. for teenagers yeah. to, to, to get aligned with their feelings, their emotions and discovering themselves. Please, let's speak about that. Um, how did it come about to write this book called uh, The Teen Top 25? I absolutely agree with you. The reason why I wrote it is because when you hear stories about young people, usually they are not positive. People will talk about how the youth are lost, they, they are disrespectful, they don't have a future, kids, kids used to be good in the old days. So it's a lot of negativity. So mm -hmm. I've observed that even when we are raising kids, in the early years, everyone will be interested. They will support them, even friends. Like when friends come to my home, they will give attention to Asa and Tiamo because they're still young. But immediately when uh, the child starts to be a teenager, most of us, we don't focus on them. You know, even the way we talk about them, they will say, okay, Ola, instead of referring to them, oh, where's your beautiful baby and what, what. So there is this disconnect between parents and teenagers, even just adults and teenagers. We start being afraid of the years instead of giving them the support and that we have always given them. We start removing ourselves. We think that, oh, they are impossible to support. They don't listen and all these things. And at that time, they really need us. That's when they really need us. So hence, I wrote my book because I wanted to remind us as a society and to remind young people that they are worth it. You know, they are still, there are still those good children. They still deserve love. They still deserve support. And also to help them to not make some of the mistakes that we had made growing up. I remember as a young person, I had to figure out so many things by myself. So I don't want them to go through those struggle. For one of the topic I talk about is the issue of failing. You know, some of us, we thought that if you fail, that means it's the end of you, you can't start mm -hmm. again. So I want to teach them those life skills to know that you can fail and start again. The issue of purpose, mm -hmm. 
most of us, if you hear our conversation, most of us these days, we are asking, what, what is my purpose? What do I need to do? I want them to discover it in their teenage years so that they don't have to go through some of the challenges that we want we went through my I love saying that I want them to start strong they must start strong from the beginning they shouldn't have to struggle with some of the things that we did that's the reason why I wrote the book and it's also for parents to heal from any childhood traumas that they went through because some of us we went through things that we never took the time to heal and we continue doing the same cycle with our kids we raise our kids the same way you will sometimes hear parents saying i went to a school where i didn't have resources and i survived but at what cost and just because you survived it doesn't mean your child must survive the very same thing. Some people will stay in abusive marriages and relationships and say they grew up in those environments and they survived, but you didn't really survive. Hence, you are living in toxic environments and you don't see anything wrong. So it's for both parents and young people. I love that you want to start them strong. I absolutely love this. And I, I think, you know, this is a, an important tool as much as it is a book for them to read but it's yeah. an important tool so well done for for studying this and and i and i truly hope that it's going to reach many many more teenagers and as well as adults as well um so let's get a little vulnerable um you know this season on living in fullness i I'm wanting to be more vulnerable and have more vulnerable conversations with women because mm -hmm. um, i realized that you know what we heal through conversations, we grow yeah. through conversations around vulnerability as well. Um, and I'd like us to talk about loss and I've shared some, some segments on loss as well. Um, how did you overcome it? Um, you know, we engage on the vulnerable side with loss as well. Let's just engage on that yeah. part as well. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned I've lost my father at a really young age and it, it only took me probably my young adulthood to realize, you know what, I didn't deal with it. And this is something that you mentioned about in your book as well, to, to deal with certain yeah. things that as our, as our younger selves. Um, you have also experienced loss as well. Um, how, how have you managed to, you know, pick up the pieces and you say, you know what, it's, it's a part of life. Um, how do I heal through it? And, and how do I move forward from this? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm sorry about your father. Losing someone is never easy. And one of the things I had to realize is that you never really get over it. And I think that's the mistake we make. We want to get over it. And we put a timeline that it's been 10 years, so I should be okay. So mm. I lost my mom. And uh, this is our 10 years without her. Till today, I still miss her, you know? simple things when I have celebrations, when I'm, when I achieve something, I want to tell her, I wish she was here so that I can tell her. And I think sometimes Christians, we have a complicated relationship when it comes to loss, because mm -hmm. some of us, we believe that we are not supposed to show emotion. We are not supposed to cry because we understand where those people are going and we understand that we are going to see them again. But that does not make it better sometimes. The fact that I know that I will see her again, it doesn't make better because I need her now. I don't need her then. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I remember reading the scripture where it talks about how Jesus cried when he heard about Lazarus. Yeah. If Jesus cried, our Savior, the one who knew the truth, the one who knew that he was going to raise him from the dead, it shows that as human beings, it's okay for us mm-hmm. to cry. It's okay for us to feel the pain and cry. When I was growing up, I used to say that I'm okay as long as my mom is around. So losing her, it really hit me. It really hit me. And after I lost her, I just wanted to, because I'm the firstborn, the one who's supposed to be in control. So I didn't really deal with my emotions. I just wanted to make sure that my sisters are are okay. I wanted to make sure that everything is okay, that she has the barrier, a dignified barrier. So I didn't take the time to acknowledge that my mom is gone. I didn't take the time to acknowledge what it meant for me. And after a couple of weeks, it hit me. I started reacting, like my face started reacting. I will have acne, like bad acne. Mm. Until one day, my friend said to me, Bachomi, have you realized that you never grieved for mama? And I said, Bachomi, I knew because I knew that she was sick. And sometimes you feel like because we know that the person was sick, you know, we will say this words that she's at peace, she's no longer sick. So I felt like because I knew that she was sick, it would be selfish of me to want her to stay. But that is not being selfish. Mm-hmm. I loved her. The reality is that I loved her. So mm-hmm. there is nothing wrong in you acknowledging that you love that person and you didn't want to lose her. And loss is not only about death. It can also be about you wanted a job opportunity, you wanted a promotion, or you applied for a job, or you applied for a certain thing, and you were so sure that you are going to get it, and you didn't get it. I remember I applied for an internship before I worked. I went to the interviews. I was selected to the next, uh, to the top, whatever. I went for, and at the end, it was just the two of us, and they didn't choose me. It really crushed me. Like I had so many questions. I had so many questions like, why didn't they choose me? Why, what did I do in the second interview? Maybe I did something wrong. So we need to give ourselves grace to know that in the world, unfortunately, things like this will happen. Loss yeah. will happen. We'll lose things. And we need to know that it is okay to grieve. It is okay to cry. Crying, it doesn't mean that there is something wrong with you. It does not mean that you do not trust God's will. Crying, it's normal. God gave us tears for a reason, you know. God gave us those emotions for a reason. He knew that we are going to have experiences that needs us to grieve. So, yeah, so it is not easy to accept loss, but we have to find a way to deal with it. And for me, what I have realized is that I can smile, and when I feel sad about it, I acknowledge it. If I'm not okay, I, I acknowledge that I'm not okay. And I'm, I, I've accepted that it can take years, and it's okay. What's important is that I'm living during that time. It doesn't mean that I'm like, I stopped living. I'm no longer going to do anything. I'm still going to do it. So I'm living while also grieving. So it doesn't mean you have to do one and leave the other. You can live while also grieving. And I think it's one of the concepts as a society we do not understand because we will judge people, you know. We'll say, how Joey's already going out, but she just lost Gogo. 
just because I went out and I was, I look pretty and I was taking pictures, it doesn't mean that I'm no longer grieving. Yeah. But I can grieve and live at the same time. And we need to be sensitive to that. Sure. Thank you so much for sharing that vulnerable side um, of your story as well. And and I, I like the scripture that you shared there. And I think I was listening to um, a sermon by Bishop T.D. Jakes, where he literally teached on that scripture when, you know, Jesus arrived and Lazarus was dead. And he was like, he wept. And he's like, allow that to sink in. Jesus wept. And he's like, he came, he's like, our almighty came down to the human, the most human form and he wept. So I like what you're saying that, you know what, there's nothing wrong when you cry and you cry about it, grieve about it um, and how you, you know, shared that, you know, Jesus wept as well. So it is okay. So thank you for, for sharing that, that scripture as well. Um, so before we end off today's conversation, um, I'm, I'm really enjoying our conversation, um, but there's a question that I ask all my guests or my special guests, and that is, what does living in fullness look like for Joey? Okay, so I think I'm on a journey right now of redefining certain things in my life. Mm. One of the things I'm working on is being a minimalist. I've realized, like I've been declaring guys, I realized, I remember I had a conversation with my friend last year where I was saying to her, sometimes I'm, I'm afraid, I wonder if I'm not ambitious enough, you know, because the reason why I asked her, I'm very content. I'm a content person. You are. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, and I'm those people that material things, they don't really move me. So sometimes it like I had to wonder that because I'm not that person of material things, does it mean I'm not ambitious? Does it mean that I don't want more, you know? And she said to me that, Chomi, you must remember that the things you wanted when you were poor, sometimes when you grow, you realize that I don't actually need those things. I don't need the, the big house. I don't need the latest car. I don't need the bag that costs 10,000 or 100,000, God forbid, when you're a kid, okay? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it really comforted me. And I was talking to God about it, that I realized that some of the things that the world say is a measure of success. That's not how I view success. So living in fullness for me, it's realizing that I do not have to conform. It's realizing that I'm okay where I am and I'm really okay. And it's not because I'm not ambitious, but I'm realizing that there are more important things in life than stuff, than acquiring stuff. So living in fullness is being present. I'm working on that, being present in everything that I'm doing, whether in my role as a mom, in when I'm at work, when I'm home, I'm working on my health. I'm saying I'm fetching my health. I'm not fetching my body, I'm fetching my health. Because if I say I'm fetching my body, it means when I get to a certain size, then I will stop. But I want it to be about health, being healthy mentally, physically, emotionally, financially in all areas. So living in fullness is being true to who I am and being 
not only according to what I want, but according to what the word of God says. And it's not easy, hey? because you know the word of God. He will say, you will be like, I'm going this side. He say, no, you're not going there. So, yeah, so living in fullness, doing the things that I love, supporting the causes that I believe in, you know, making a difference. I believe that we are always planting seeds and I'm very intentional, intentional about that. And it's not only about finances, but planting a good weight, encouraging someone, reminding someone of their purpose, of their potential, you know, talking to kids, acknowledging people you don't know, spreading love. So this morning I was reading the scripture where it says you must love your enemies and I believe I don't have enemies maybe they think they are my enemies but I don't have any so <laughs> so when I was reading about that scripture it really challenged me especially when it comes to social media because it was saying you must love your enemies and I thought about it that God does mean I must like things I must like people things that the people are not liking my things there, but I must like them because that is loving your enemy in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's it's you giving away things, not because people are going to return it. It's planting seeds, even when you know you are not going to harvest from that person or from that thing, but you are doing it in obedience to God. So I want to be intentional about that. I want to continue to be good and do good and not conform because the world will tell you, hey, do you, but the word of God doesn't say to you. There's no way way you, you know. Mm. So so living in fullness for me, it basically means that um, making sure that whatever I'm doing, I am doing it to my best of my ability. I'm doing it in I'm intentional about it and I understand that I am planting seeds and I'm doing it for God, even at work. I like saying that people who work with me, they, they, they know. I say that, guys, it's not about your employers, but it's about God. Your employers might not notice, but the Lord is seeing it. So we are the light and being the light, we, we do it even in, in simple things. It's not about the big things mm. because we forget the simple things. So true and so good. So, 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 so good. I love it. Um, what you just shared of reading today on that scripture, I'd also um, read that. And I was just like, wait, what? God, this is a taste. <laughs> Why are you sending this as today's scripture? Okay. <laughs> Let me make sure that I act on that. So um, I'm glad that we, we both read the exact same, the exact same yeah. scripture and then reflected on ourselves and we said, you know what? This is God's word and we are going to act yeah. on it and we're going to do on it. Um, so I, I, I love that you shared that. Um, so we've reached the end of the podcast, but we have <laughs> we have a little game called Out of the Box Questions. Um, so I'm really interested to see what kind of questions come out to just get to know the fun side or something interesting that we may not know about you. So are you ready for that? Yes. Okay, let's do this. Okay, first question. What's your favorite thing to do in your me time? Reading. Oh, nice. <laughs> of course, you wrote I, I a book. 
No, I think reading has always been that escape for me. From a young age, I've always loved reading. So yeah, reading, it helps me. No, very good, very good. Okay, next question. Uh, let's get this open. Okay. Uh, what gets you excited? Progress. Change. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm big on progress, guys. That's why I said even my friends they know I'm that friend who will be annoying. Even you know, I'll be I know this. You. Yeah, like I'm going to do that thing. You must start doing it. So yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm yeah. that person. Love that. Joining in with us. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. I was asking, okay, so it's a this or that, so you just choose which one. Um, okay. tea or coffee, tea, yes, road trip or flying, road trip, yeah, <laughs> um, the beach or the mountains, mountains, yay, serenity, hey, <laughs> yeah. okay, um, and then the final question. What would you tell younger Joey about the future that lies ahead of her? Ooh, I would say to her, baby girl, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. Those dreams that, oh, you are making me emotional. I even want to cry. You know, those dreams that you have, don't, don't be scared. It's going to be okay. You are going to make it. And you are going to be so proud of yourself for holding on. So, yeah, keep on holding on, baby girl. It's going to be okay. Oh, Sissy, thank you. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so much. You know, before we end off, I I always, um, you know, just leave off with words of encouragement. Um, you. you are truly, you are, you are a great light, a great force. Um, I think, you know, you truly stand for exactly what you stand for in your purpose. Um, thank you for being our motivator. Thank you for always pushing us and encouraging us to, to live more in our purpose. Um, I think God sees your heart because we all see it. Um, and I think I'm so grateful anyone who gets just a glimpse of you, a glimpse of your heart is truly blessed. So I'm, I'm just saying this to you that, you know what, you're, doing, you. you're doing great um, and, and keep on pushing um, and God bless you and your family and, and keep on being you. Thank you so much, Sissy. Thank you for this opening. Even if you made me cry, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And I receive all the blessings. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on whichever platform you're using to listen, as well as follow us on our social media pages at Living in Fullness.